When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Welcome back to the Red Sox On Deck Prospect Podcast. This is episode 24. I'm your host, Bob Osgood, joined by Shelly Verstrait. Shelly, big doubleheader yesterday, and uh, we're off and running here in this big three-game set in the Bronx, huh? Uh, yeah, yeah. I I don't know how you felt about that doubleheader, but it was kind of a buzzkill. <laughs> um I was you know, in a terrible mood all day yesterday. Let's put it that way. <laughs> uh, yes. I mean, I just, I was like, I had like my, when I was at the office, I had my iPad over to the, you know, to the side and I was like kind of watching. And I mean, I I leave the office at 4 p.m. Eastern. Um, so I'm seeing that the time is getting closer. And like at 4 p.m., like, I look over, and, like, it's bases loaded, zero outs, right? So, I'm, yep. like, I, I I am, you know, my, you know, my uh, best friend, you know, at the office. Like, do I leave now? She's not a baseball fan whatsoever. And she's, like, yeah, you can't. Yeah. So, yeah, I had to stay over and watch them just totally not do anything. So, yay. Fun yeah. times. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. 
No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yeah, that was tough. I was feeling the same thing. I was definitely taking a call on mute around that time. And, you know, three hours doesn't seem that long for a Yankees-Red Sox game until you realize that they played six and a half innings in three hours. And, yep, sounds like a Yankees-Red Sox game. Yep. Um, and I can... Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I'll save it for the offseason or something, but the seven-inning doubleheaders, there's just something that doesn't feel right about paying customers getting 22% less baseball just because it rained the night before or something like that. But in general, it's just, you know, the, the, the seven-inning games, there's just so much more pressure <laughs> along with it. You know, you, you see Whitlock coming in in the fifth and what's going on here? And you got Taylor coming in in the fifth and it's it's really the seventh, you know, and it just everything feels like it's so much more under a microscope. And then in the night game, wasn't a whole lot better. They lost 2-0 there. Um, and we're recording at the, the start of the third game, so I'm hoping... I'm not going to bring the negative vibe again this week like I did last week. I'm going to try to be <laughs> positive, but it's definitely tough. It's been, it's been a tough three weeks now for just such an exciting start to the season. Um, and even post-All-Star break, you know, it's great that they have... Some teams that they'll be playing that are under 500 down the stretch, but even if you win that game, those games, how excited are you if you sneak in the playoffs, beating some of the teams that were outside of the um, of the playoff picture when we couldn't take care of business against Tampa and Toronto and New York, and those are the teams that you would see in a well, potential one-game playoff and beyond. So hoping that we can get back to where we were it seems like just in some of the clutch stats uh both from a hitting and pitching perspective are uh obscene <laughs> that i've seen recently you know under pressure on both sides of the ball right now is just has not been great so um you know shelly and i are going to be talking a little bit more about the big league club over the last month and a half of the season while still definitely having an aspect of each episode to focus on the minor leagues but you know so many of the players that that we were excited about in the early goings and talking about when is someone going to get called up between Whitlock and Hauk and Duran and those guys are all up with the big league team now so we're talking a little bit about those players and some of the transactions that have happened recently and then we'll talk a little bit about the baseball america rankings that came out um in the past week with where the, the red sox were listed in, out of the top 30 there uh and then focus on a couple of interesting prospects that we haven't highlighted in a while if at all so um before we do that, if you want to leave us a five-star rating and review on the platform that you listen to the Over the Monster podcast, that is appreciated. 
have a lot of different podcasts here, all within the same feed. You have the Over the Monster with Matt Collins and Brian Joyner, the Red Seat with Jake Devereaux and Keaton DeRocher, and the Precap that Shelly does with Keaton as well. Uh, I know you've been doing those solo lately, Shelly. That must be a, a, a good time, right? Uh, yeah, it's a very interesting time. <laughs> um, but yeah, I've been, I've been kind of enjoying it. I'll yeah. be doing another one, uh, I think another two this week before Keaton returns. So... Yeah, it's yeah. been a interesting kind of uh, adventure. Awesome, yeah. All right, so some transactions over the last week. You can let me know kind of which ones interest you. I know Connor Wong was up for three days while Christian Vasquez was on a bereavement leave, but he's been sent back down, AAA. Um, Tanner Houck was called up and then sent back down on August 12th, and then he was recalled on August 17th for as the 27th man in the doubleheader. I kind of, it's hard for me to figure out exactly what they're doing there because I know that the pitchers have to stay down for 15 days as opposed to hitters who have to stay down for 10 days unless they're replacing someone on the IL. And I know that Hauk was still at Yankee Stadium uh, today with the team, so it makes me think that he'll be starting or relieving somewhere in between, even though I know they have some off days before the 28th when he would be eligible if it was those 15 days. So... I don't know if they anticipate or just think that someone might be going on the aisle at some point in between. It's hard for me to totally tell that, but I'd like to see him just kind of stay up and pitch in relief between starts, and that was the same thing that I was mentioning last week between um, late July and early August when they did the same thing, and he ended up missing a start that went to Perez or Richards in the meantime that would have been a valuable game to have right now. Yeah, um, yeah, I agree. Uh, but they're, they're, I think the Red Sox are really doing something kind of interesting, uh, especially with like a lot of like these double hitters. They're calling, whenever they like demote Hauk, they call him up as like the, you know, the 27th man or whatever. So right. I don't really think that it really works with, he needs to stay down for like 10 days. So I, I really think that the Red Sox are just really trying to uh, just play just roster games. Um, I think that Hauk will is is still a starter, but they're kind of using the double hitters as a way to kind of lengthen the roster. Um, yeah. One other man for a couple of days. Yeah. And I'm sure that the three off days that they have over these this week and next has a lot to do with that. Uh, and you are right; they keep calling him up, and I I think that on that 27th man. Um, those being seven inning games, that's almost made for Hauk because they don't want him to go the third time through the lineup. So if they can get him to the fourth or fifth inning, he's almost the perfect guy to start in a doubleheader while they still have this ridiculous rule this year. Um, so there's definitely, I mean, there's some thought behind it, but I would like to see him pitching in relief, even if he doesn't make a start because of the off days in between. Um, some other transactions, Marwin Gonzalez was designated for assignment on August 13th upon the return of, um, or I guess first appearance, but return from the IL this season from Kyle Schwarber. And Schwarber actually was taking some ground balls at first base today before the game for the first time in a couple of weeks when I think the, the first time that he was trying that out, felt some tightness. So they um, have just been having him as the designated hitter so far. They're hoping to work him in in the outfield later this week and potentially a first-base option 
later on based on the fact that he was taking ground balls. So that's good to see that he at least feels comfortable doing that at this point. Uh, another first baseman who was claimed off of waivers uh, from Milwaukee was Travis Shaw, who plays a little bit of third and can play second base in a pinch. Franchi Cordero was sent to the minors along with that move uh, and a couple others. Of course, Chris Sale was activated from the 60-day IL on the 14th. And Matt Andres was returning after his rehab from the IL but was then designated for assignment on the 17th. So, Shelly, any thoughts on Sale, Schwarber, Cordero, Andres, Gonzalez, Shaw, uh, anything that you wanted to add or anything that is surprising to you from that group? Um, sadly, I think this, uh, especially with, you know, claiming Shaw off waivers and, uh, you know, just Schwarber coming back, uh, you know, we have JD playing the outfield. I'm afraid that, uh, Bobby Dahlbeck is not going to be long for this, for this, uh, for this roster. Um, I just don't really know how all of those pieces fit um i mean maybe we could just kind of see how shaw kind of does and then maybe just dfa him but yeah it's a lot of like the same type of guy um in my opinion yeah i i think that what are they 13 days from september they'll get a couple of extra roster spots. So maybe that allows them to have, I mean, Christian Arroyo is another one, right? He's got to be within a week of coming back. I think they're sending him out on a, on a rehab assignment. And that's another one. That's another infielder. I don't think we'll see the first base experiment again, but he, uh, I think, you know, he'll get mixed in at second base a little bit, but they, they'll have that extra spot to play with. And we'll probably add a pitcher. I mean, I would anticipate they have 14 hitters and 14 pitchers in September. So maybe that's where they're anticipating Shaw and Schwarber and Arroyo. Um, but, I I mean, you're right. If Dahlbeck does go into a slump and he has a 36% K rate this year and he has a 38% K rate as a major leaguer and only has 14 home runs in 99 games, you know, he, he needs to have about... 25 home runs in 99 games to justify a 36% K rate. He has been hot lately at a couple, had a great series against Baltimore. So we'll see. I mean, it's definitely a possibility if he goes into a slump again and Arroyo's playing well and Shaw hits a little bit, you could see that happen. Um, I, I root for the guy. Hope he sticks around, but um, definitely a possibility. Um, so yeah, any, any other transactions i mean marwin gonzalez i don't think that was a huge surprise he was hitting around 200 and i think it was probably about time same thing with cordero i think they tried that a second time didn't really work out too well they had a few good games early on but just and i don't know defensively i couldn't watch him in the field anymore i'd rather have jd martinez kyle schwarber anybody play in the field over franchi after a couple of plays that i saw out there so do hope that we see him again and things work out for him next year, but probably not in 2021. Uh, all right, so looking ahead at the Baseball America, they called midseason MLB organization talent rankings. Uh, they had the Red Sox ninth on that list, and in the top 100, uh, Tristan Cassis was 20th, Duran 22nd, and 
Marcelo Meyer was 32nd on that list. So those are the three that kind of lead that list that they have in the top 100. Uh, it's behind a paywall, so we won't give away too much of this article, although I highly recommend a Baseball America subscription to anybody. But the uh, th- they mentioned Tristan Cassius uh, looking like a potential middle-of-the-order cornerstone who can hit for average and power and mentioned the addition of Marcelo Meyer with the fourth pick um, that obviously gives them a big jolt into the top third uh Shelley what did you think of the ranking do you think that seemed fair I guess first off what did you think of the ranking uh of ninth out of 30. Yeah I mean when I opened up the article uh, I did not expect the the Red Sox to be ninth I did yeah. not expect them to be 10th like you know top 10. Um, I'm wondering if a lot of it has to do with Cassis and Duran especially with Duran with how close he is well, he's in the major leagues right now, but right. So just how far some of our quote unquote like top prospects are. But yeah, I was extremely surprised to see um, Baseball America has us our farm system ranked ninth. Uh, what were your thoughts? Yeah, I think what you said there might be affected by the impending graduation from rookie uh, status that Duran has. I think he's probably been up about. 35 or so days at this point so I think once it's at 45 days or 130 at bats that he would graduate from that so within a week or so uh, he wouldn't be on that list and I still think that they probably would be in the top half at that point I think they were closer to 20 a year ago and then made some trades around the deadline with trading out you know Hembry and Pilar and players like that and and getting a lot in return and then the Benintendi trade so they've definitely um, created a lot more depth which we've talked about throughout the year Um, but yeah I mean I think if it's just Cassis and Meyer that are in the top 100 then they probably won't be ninth maybe they'll be 12th or something like that but I wasn't as surprised I guess it's the first place that I've kind of seen acknowledge that but um, you know the only thing that would give me some pause is just the lack of pitching depth uh, with all of the injuries that they've had. But in return for that, they've kind of had some pitchers um, like Bayo and Murphy uh, and Wilkeman Gonzalez and pitchers like that that have emerged this year. So some of them have replaced the Mattas and Wards. And, you know, Seabold is probably in their top 10 prospects as well. So I wasn't shocked by it. Uh, it was good to see an acknowledgement of the work that has gone in over the last two years. We'll, we'll miss Aldo, but that's another name that could have been in there. Um, I guess along with that, kind of any teams that are in the top 10 for you that seem too high or too low in that list? Um, I mean, I thought the top 10 was, I mean, kind of okay. Um, but the, the Marlins being at 12 kind of shocked me. Like, I definitely thought they would be top 10. Um, sure. I mean, I... I I am in love with any type of like Marlins pitchers and that's basically what their from system is basically just built on which you know just look at just look at the Braves who you know what five six years ago that was their their from system was built on pitchers and they have kind of you know a little scuffled a little bit so so maybe I'm just like too just like just bought in with the Marlins, um, but they're I I was surprised that they were uh, 12th. 
Yeah. So probably without Duran, that's a team that you would maybe they would slot right behind the Marlins once Duran was no longer a prospect for you. Yeah. Uh, at 12th, yeah. I mean, you see Sixto Sanchez and Max Meyer, Jesus Sanchez, Jake Eater, who has been has really emerged as a pitching prospect, uh, Edward Cabrera, Khalil Watson, and then just so many guys that they've already developed between Lopez and Alcantara, and they got a factory going there. And then a guy that is not on the list, um, Yuri Perez, right? That's one of the – I believe he was a Marlin. Yes. He's a Marlins prospect yep. as well, who mm-hmm. might be the best of the bunch but is just a little bit – younger maybe in low a at this point but he has had electric stuff this year so i can definitely see that um some of my takeaways it was interesting to see tampa and the dodgers who have fallen down the list a little bit and it's not a knock on their farm systems but more just having all those prospects graduate this year you know the the rays were at seventh and they were one or two on most lists a year ago at this time, even three months ago. Um, losing Wanda Franco, Rosarena, Luis Patino, Shane McClanahan, who all are no longer um, have their prospect status in there, but they still have Shane Boz and Fidel Brujan, Xavier Edwards, Josh Lowe are some of the names that you see in there. And then Dodgers fallen all the way to 15 between having some graduations as well as... Um, some of the players like Josiah Gray that went to Washington in the Scherzer and Trey Turner deal. So it was interesting to see those who have been at the top for several years now kind of falling down that list a little bit. Um, one that is fairly terrifying to me is the San Francisco Giants, who have the best record in baseball, which is arguably the best story of the year in the major leagues, but also have the fifth best um, midseason or talent rankings on this list. Um, with Marco Luciano, uh, catcher Joey Bart, Elliot Ramos, Luis Matos, Kyle Harrison, um, and just a whole litany of other players that they have below that in the top five with the best record in baseball. The Giants seem to really be doing everything right and are set up for success and don't have a whole lot of uh, household names on their major league team, but are just grinding out wins against the Dodgers and the Padres, which was all we talked about in the offseason. And there are the Giants, you know, several games ahead of both of those teams. So they are a scary bunch out there in the in the NL West that fortunately we don't have to play 18 times a year or anything like that. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I mean, the Dodgers have just been uh, a, a great system, like, for years. Uh, but I agree with you. Uh, the Giants, uh, they are extremely scary. They have so much talent, but yet they're still competitive. Ugh. The Giants are the new Dodgers, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. Like, they're just, they're just it, churning out talent at the minor league level, but then also producing at the major league level. That's what you want. They, they are the new Dodgers. I feel like they talk. I, I listen to uh, the Rates and Barrels podcast quite a bit and i know that you know saris who lives out in that area talks so much just about the scouting and just the game preparation that they do day after day kind of behind the scenes and i'm sure they're not giving away too many of their secrets but he talks so much about that because they're just getting the most out of these brandon crawford and brandon belt and buster posey being rejuvenated at that age i mean they're just they are clearly doing a lot of things behind the scenes to keep these players um just healthy and prepared for every game and it's just such a good story so 
Um, yeah, so those were our takeaways from that article, and we're going to go through some notable performances over the past week. Uh, Jairo Munoz, who we talked about at length last week, his hitting streak finally ended at 35 games, broke the the record in the Red Sox organization uh, in, the, in the minor leagues at 35 games more than, than anyone uh, historically. So hat tip to Jairo. Hopefully we see him at some point. As we've said, we're not expecting him to, you know, tear the cover off the ball at the major league level, but it would just be good to see what he can offer. Uh, although a couple of the players that they've brought in recently may uh, prevent that from happening. <clears throat> Some other good notable performances over the last week. Nick York had a 21 game hit streak that finally ended on August 13th. Um, had three hitless games since that time, but then returned yesterday with a uh, two for five game and a home run on um, Tuesday night. In that 21-game hit streak, he hit 386 with four homers, 16 RBIs, and 18 runs. And after a pretty miserable first month of the season, his season line looks great. I mean, his slash line is at 312, 405, 471, so on base 41% of the time. Walk percentage of 12, K percentage of only 14, has 11 steals. I mean, what else could we ask for here for York? You have to think that the promotion is probably impending um you know hopefully by labor day so that we can just get a little taste of of him in high a even though i know that he's only what 18 years old maybe 19 uh 19 yeah yeah uh, oops sorry go ahead uh, no i i am just um and i just love whenever i open up like box scores uh you know, every other day, something like that, just seeing how well he's doing because he's one of the younger players, even in low A. And just knowing just how well he is hitting, it just, it's so great. I'm, it was a, it was, yeah, it was a maybe a cost saving uh, draft pick, you know, in the, in the, in the first round last year, but it was a really good pick. This guy can hit. I'm yeah. yeah, totally agree. Uh, two great pitching performances from the last week from Chi uh, Young Lu, who had 10 strikeouts in five innings, um, only giving up one hit, two walks, and one run. And he had one miserable outing earlier in the season that kind of, um, you know, has he has some misleading stats as a result of that. But if you throw that one outing out Lou has been really good since getting promoted up to low a yeah it was an eight run outing in two-thirds of an inning so that'll do a number on your ratios but uh, since that he has thrown four five and five innings giving up one zero and one run respectively he had 10 k's in the last outing so you know if you throw that outing uh, with the eight runs out, he's given up 11 runs and 32 innings in his other starts this season. So uh, along with that, Chris Murphy, I know you're a big fan of his, Shelley. Uh, he had seven strikeouts in seven innings, giving up just a hit and a walk and no runs and was supposedly throwing, touching 98 miles an hour in that start. And he had been called up to double A for the first time. And it's not like his numbers were... Um, otherworldly at high A, but it was kind of time to just see if his stuff would translate to double A, and it seems like he has landed there pretty comfortably and trying to prove that he's not just a, a bullpen arm in the future. Yeah, yeah, you know I'm a like a big Murphy fan, so seeing like these uh, these 
he's made three starts in in double a just seeing how he has performed so well uh so far um i'm just like extremely just so happy like the walks are down again it's three starts but his walks are down um his strikeouts are up it's great um yeah. so yeah just both of these guys just you know shoving it i just i love to see it yeah definitely and i know the key with him is to keep the home runs down as well and obviously giving up one hit and no runs did not give up any uh in in the game on uh on tuesday night he had given up three home runs in his first two outings at double a but looks like he's adjusting pretty well uh we'll talk briefly about jeter downs who we talked more in depth about last week and the possibility of whether a demotion whether it would do more harm than good based on the fact that he had not really played a whole lot at the double a level but hit a home run on both ends of the double header on tuesday so we will keep thing po- things positive uh with jeter downs but prior to that it had certainly been a rough stretch for the past month where he had been hitting under 100 so um you know going back to july 13th prior to yesterday he had an 096 average he was nine for 94 um in the the five weeks prior to that so hopefully this gets him going a little bit one of the home runs was off of Corey kluber who's on a rehab assignment and just kind of hoping that we can see the some improvement and i know the strikeouts weren't great shelly the month before like you outlined last week yeah yeah i i i mean i was encouraged with like these you know these couple home runs but yeah he he I don't think that we are going to see Jeter Downs in the major leagues for quite a long time. Like, he still has some work to do. Yep. yep. Agree with that. All right, so a player that you wanted to highlight in the minor leagues, take it away, a player from Greenville, a pitcher that you've been uh, really interested in this year. Yeah, so there's, um, as, as some of you might know that I used to do, um, like daily, just prospect kind of like recaps on Twitter. So, you know, I would look at every team's like box scores and just kind of whatever. Um, and there was a guy, um, you know, on the Red Sox. I'm like, who is this guy? And I really felt like, how do I not know who this guy is? But this guy, he is a, uh, 24 year old, uh, left-hander. Um, uh, Brandon Walter, you need to, you know, just keep your eyes out on this guy. Um, he, you know, we selected him in the 26th round of the 2019 draft. So 797th overall, and he's just been absolutely killing it. Um, you know, he was, you know, he's a lefty. He was a starter in college, but he pitched at Delaware. So it wasn't really a really highly competitive collegiate league. Um, but, uh, but he still performed well, like in the last, you know, the last two seasons of his collegiate career, you know, his ERA went down, his strikeouts went up. We took a gamble on him and you know, then the pandemic happened. Um, but since then, he has seen a drastic velocity jump. You know, he went from the upper 80s. He Now he is sitting mid-90s, touching 97. 
Um, he has three pitches that he, you know, has a good feel for all three of those pitches. Um, and the command, the command is like really good. I mean, he has the chance to be a back end starter. Like this guy, I, I'm just like so excited about this guy. Yeah, he's not going to be like an ace or anything, but just knowing that the Red Sox have another kind of, you know, a back end number three type of starter here who has shown a total like velocity jump um, and just everything, you need to keep your eyes out on uh, Brandon Walter. Yeah, and his, you know, you take a quick look at his Fangraphs page, the, the K per nine, he was 13 and a half at low A and then over 14 in 34 innings at high A, and the walk rate is good. I mean, you said the, the command has been impressive. It's been under two walks per nine, only he's given up a couple of home runs. Looks like five home runs over 75 innings, so, you know, a little bit older he's at 24 at high a and i really am looking forward hopefully he continues to get that bump to see uh what he can do at the higher levels but all you can ask for, for somebody especially after a year off which we've talked so much about there's a ton of players that are a year older than they should be at their levels um all he's done is is pitch great the whole year and seems to be going pretty deep into games and and striking people out at a high rate 100 strikeouts in 70 in excuse me 65 innings so can't beat that <laughs> i wonder if anyone it beats that in the whole level uh in the whole minor league system so yeah that's that's a great call there um so my name that was gonna the uh player that i was gonna highlight is ronaldo hernandez who is a catcher at portland and he came over in the jeff springs and chris maza deal to tampa bay and kind of seemed like at the time that they got a bit of a steal for two pitchers that we probably didn't need the red sox didn't need with springs and maza they were kind of depth pieces that were fringe on the 40 man now hernandez is someone that they had to add to the 40 man because he had been drafted several years back or five six years back that he had come over uh, he came over with nick sogard who actually has hit 10 home runs this year between greenville and portland and has two grand slams in the past five days and i saw a note i think it was the Sox prospect site that said that he had not hit a home run in any level and then has 10 this year so that's you know nick sogard more of an organizational piece but it was interesting that he came over there too because he's had just an insane past week but ronaldo hernandez turning 24 this fall and he was more like arm and power first catcher and i know that had some questionable framing and receiving and who knows how far away if ever we are from robot umps but i don't think it's going to be here in the next couple of years so he gives me a little bit of pause i just think that it's not someone that we have talked about a whole lot because he's just kind of had a fairly average season so far you know with his splits he's hitting 188 against left-handers and he's hitting 256 against right-handers he has 11 home runs in 72 games which is pretty good um 3.4 percent walk rate which isn't great 19.8 percent k rate um, which is fine. So Hernandez, you know, I'm not giving some sort of hot take one way or the other, but it's just someone that we haven't really talked about a whole lot. And I'm just not positive that he is the catcher of the future. And I'm not sure about Connor Wong either. It's kind of one position that for me, I feel like I'm not, I'm not positive 
what the future holds, whether they might end up signing a free agent somewhere or extending Vasquez for two more years while they try to figure that out. Uh, just some of the reports I've read on Hernandez, I'm not positive that he can be that everyday catcher for the team. So uh, just figured we'd bring someone up that we haven't talked about a whole lot this year. Uh, so we'll save a couple other items for next week. You can reach us on Twitter. I am at Bob Osgood 15. Shelly is at Shelly V underscore six, four, three. Uh, anything that you wanted to promote or anything that we missed on the agenda or that I missed that you want to talk about this week, Shelly? Um, not really. Um, I'm just hoping that our, you know, major league squad can get it together. Uh, cause it's been a rough, what, month, right? Yeah. yeah. I just saw a score out of the corner of my eye that... Yeah, you don't uh, want to watch that. Yeah. I'm gonna Especially go. going up against An- Andrew Heaney, and uh, we can't we can't do anything there. So. Yeah, it kind of yep. stinks. So. Yep. All right, well, I'll go to bed angry again tonight. And for <laughs> Shelly, this is Bob Osgood, so thanks, everyone, for joining, and we'll talk to you next week.